And so I'm out jogging, getting ready for, for campus days, and I'm just out there, and, and I'm just running, and God kept saying, Pat, when will a generation get undone? And he took me to that verse in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, where Isaiah walks into the presence of God. The angels are jumping around. Everybody's going crazy. Can I say something to you? There's no reason why you would come to campus days unless you wanted God to use you. Some of you dream of touching nations, man. Some of you have been in your bedroom floors at night saying, God, if you can use me, just use me. I'll never forget one time, I, because at 16 is when I began to cry out in my bedroom floor in Aniana, Alabama, laying in the floor by myself saying, God, please use me. It was an encounter one day when all my friends went surfing when I was in college down in Florida. They all went surfing one Saturday and God said, stay home. He made me lay on my face all day. and I've had little encounters. There's about 15 minutes worth of revelation in your whole life. Moments in my life where I can look back and I can say, that's, that's where God began to do something. And maybe you heard the screams of the lost. Maybe you literally felt like you were under the carpet you were laying on as God began to put something on you that can't be explained. It's called the kiss. It's called the touch. It, the, the touch of God on your life cannot be explained. Nobody gets it. People don't understand what it's like. I, I have, I have people say to me all the time, what's it like you fly every week and you stay in hotels? They don't know what it's like to speak at a youth conference and go back to the hotel room and tell my 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 little girl goodnight and tell Karen goodnight and call Nate at college and tell him I, I love him and we have our time together. But then I lay in bed and I can hear the screams of the lost and nobody gets it. But there's a moment where it's not about the lost anymore. Really. There's a moment where it's not even about the call. Because the call's a great mask for reality. There's a moment where it's about me and God. So, so write this down. No, number one, when the woe, when the woe, it's all about me. Something I had never seen right here. I, I love the, the end of Isaiah, the sixth chapter, the middle part where he says, here am I, send me. We, we talk about that. I, I, I love the, the whole part and, 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 and I, I love looking at that. And, but I, what I had never realized is somewhere between the, the entrance to the throne room and the throne of God, somewhere between all the noise and all the stuff going on. In fact, for some reason, look what it says in Isaiah 6, verse 5. Uh, in the King James Version, it says, Then I said, Woe is me! For He said, Woe! This was a crazy point. I mean, can you imagine just stopping and, 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 say, and pointing at yourself and going, Woe! You know you're going a little bit crazy when you start screaming at yourself. The Bible says the angels are screaming. It says the... the the threshold of God is thumping with bass. Listen, next time somebody pulls up at your red light and their car is bouncing, I want you to just say, hey, dude, roll down your window. You know what? In heaven, it's doing the same thing. But all of a sudden, the Bible says, all this stuff is going on, and, and he hears the screaming, and, and then all of a sudden, he says, what was me? 
Isaiah began to realize, I have just entered the presence of God and I cannot remain the way I've always remained. I can't stay this way. He began to realize he's unclean. It forced him to declare, undo me, God. Ruin me. Take me back. Start me over. Remove my regrets. Redeem me from my past. It was a moment, a transformation moment, where all of a sudden he's standing there and he says, God, I don't really belong here because you're so holy and you're so pure. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to untangle me. And here's what I believe. Before you can really get a burden for the world and for the nations and all that kind of stuff and use me, Lord, and all that other stuff, you yourself have to lay down what has gotten a hold of you. The end of yourself is the beginning of God. I've used that quote for years and years and years. I don't even know where I heard it. And, and I've never met anybody to see God and live. And those are awesome quotes and they're incredible, but it's much deeper than that. It is that moment where I figured out something so critical that if I'm really going to be used by God, if I'm really going to touch the nations, if I'm really going to do all this stuff, then I've got to personally be transformed. It's not about a good sermon. It's not about a good drama. It's not about a good video. It's not about, about good music. It's, not, it's, it's about, God, can you transform me? And I figured out something so critical. I, to be free, then I've got to get rid of me. Are you with me? If you believe that, give God a praise offering. If I'm really going to be who God's... I, I've got to get rid of Pat's. So, so look what the scripture says in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And I'm going very simple tonight. It says, therefore, then since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who have borne the testimony to the truth. Let me strip off and throw aside every encumbrance or weight. And that sin which so readily, deftly and cleverly clings to and entangles us. Let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence uh, the appointed course for, of the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract, now looking to Jesus, who is the leader, the source of our faith, the author, the finisher of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief. And also it's finisher. He's the finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He not only starts something in you, he not only cultivates it in the middle, he kind of finishes this thing. God knows how to get things done. Philippians tells us it's faithful and complete. He, for the very joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It's the, the word encumbrance literally means weight. It means it means a, a mass, something that it's held me to. And then it goes on to say entangle. It literally means thwarting a racer in every direction. Somebody's trying to run a race, and something's pulling at them from every single direction. It's that place. Listen, I've met so many leaders. How many leaders? have never gotten free. Listen, my encounter moment really transformed when I lost my sister. It changed me. Because it forced me to go back to our family history and say, what really caused all of that? Oh, forget the fact that when I was five years old, I came down the stairs and our car was sitting in the... In the uh, Front, front yard. I mean, it was sitting there, and rather in the kitchen, because my dad, just before he got saved, had drove our car through the house. I think he thought it was a drive-through. And I mean, forget all the stuff I kind of saw growing up, and the attempted suicide, and all the crazy different things. It's 
Imagine if we got free. Imagine if nothing was stopping us. All, all through the Bible, great leaders had to get free. Whether it was Noah, whether it was Abraham, whether it was Isaac, whether it was Jacob, whether it was Moses, whether it was Samson, whether it was Esther, whether it was Hosea, whether it was David, whether it was Peter, whether it was Paul, whether it was Timothy. I, I think of Jonah. It, it talks about in Jonah chapter 2 verse 5, because of his rebellion, it says he was entangled in the seaweed. And it was in the bottom of the ocean as he was choking him. He said, I'll go for you, God. I, I, I think of Lazarus when, when all of a sudden Lazarus was alive, but he was was still bound. Are you still getting this? There was a celebration going on. He walked out of the grave. God said, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus had wept over his friend and Lazarus come forth. But Jesus, so Lazarus comes walking out and the Bible says he's still wrapped in his grave clothes. He is bound like a mummy. And God says, in other words, you may be alive, but somebody's got to help you get free. And that's what God began to speak to me about this. I am so tired of raising people up in ministry that, that, or seeing people raised up in ministry that have never conquered who they used to be. Sometimes I think we go into the service for God and the problem is we're really the one that has, hasn't really gotten free ourselves. We're kind of never got untangled was Christians running around saying, be like me, be like me, and, and, and look at me, act like me, dance like me, worship like me. And it reminds me of Scrooge from the Christmas Carol, from Ebenezer Scrooge, his, his business partner, the, the ghost of Christmas past, standing there. And, and Dickens wrote it like this, as he's pointing at him in his chains, he says, you see me standing in chains, Ebenezer Scrooge, but you yourself are also wrapped in. Look what 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 18 says. It says, they brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting, with an appeal to twisted sexual desire. They lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. This is talking about leadership. Now, Pat, why are you preaching on something like this? Because what would happen in this room if all of us that declared we were free really were free? No secret lives. Nothing on the back burner. Nothing hidden back there. But when we walked into the presence of God, we would have such a freedom to love and to reach out to others. And such a freedom to worship, never feeling guilty, washed in His amazing blood. I wish somebody would get excited tonight. I'm talking about the next level. This is not a youth convention message. This isn't a youth camp message. This is for those that are saying, use me. Because I don't want to be a cheap imitation of a great original God. I want to carry that mantle. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they get, get, get tangled up and enslaved by sin again. They're worse off than before. This is that scripture that says it's like a dog returning to its vomit. What are you talking about? What you will not fight today will keep you from having authority to confront tomorrow. What you refuse to fight today will, will, will stop you in future ministry from having authority to confront it later. I'll never forget, Pastor Sean was a youth pastor in, in New Mexico, and he was having a, a house gathering, and I had preached that morning at their church, and we went, we were sitting there in, in this gathering. Remember that, Sean? The house was packed, and, and all of a sudden, this demon-possessed kid just starts manifesting, and everybody just starts freaking out, and, and Pastor Sean and I just leapt over them, 
And I'll never, I've never told you this, but I'll never forget being, getting back to the hotel and we cast that demon out of that kid. But I remember getting back to the hotel and I said, Lord, thank you that my life was pure enough to have the authority to cast that out so that that demon did not make a fool of God. Are you with me? This is different. Not jogging, he keeps saying they're tangled. When will a generation get undone, Pat? When will they get to the place where all that junk, all the words spoken of you, all the garbage and the, our biggest hindrance is not who we know in Flora's ministry. It's, it's not who, who we came from or how gifted we are. Our greatest hindrance is never willing to, to be willing to get in front of the mirror and say, Whoa! Woe is me. Woe is me, God. That's our greatest hindrance because I showed you. What did I tell you? The ruined means undone. To be undone from my past, utterly reduced. What do you mean? Do you know that God knows what you're up to? Write this down, number two. God has been spying on you. He totally has been spying on you. In fact, God even read your diary. I used to read my sister's diary because I was faster than her. And most diaries are stupid. Most diaries are like, he looked at me. He knows my name. I hate my parents. You know, I, I'd go tell my parents, she's, she's, she said she hates you. I don't even know why I'm reading this. It was an accident. God opened it for me. And I found the key and God handed it to me. God says, you know what? Look what it says in Psalms 139, verse 16. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you, Lord. The days of my life all be prepared before I'd even lived one. God says, my life is an open book. He's seen all the stages. He's seen all the stuff that I've gotten wrapped up in. He's seen all the garbage, all the things that tried to get on me. It all started early on. What do you mean, Pat? Look, look, look right here. Do you know that he has been calling to you? God loves you enough to never leave you alone. I love Revelation 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm going to drive you crazy. I'm going to keep knocking at your door. I can remember times where I was running from God and he was still bugging me. I can remember having dreams of ministry even as I was sleeping off. Things I shouldn't have been doing the night before. I can remember waking up, feeling the presence of God laying in bed beside me when I was so filthy and so dirty because we serve a God that says, you know what? I will keep bugging you. Look what it says in Isaiah 45, 3. I'll lead you to buried treasures, secret caches of valuables, confirmation that is in fact I God the God of Israel I call you by name he even knows the end result from the beginning he knows what I'm going to end up being like look what it says in Isaiah 46 and I, I think God puts up with us most of the time because he knows our end result Isaiah 46 9 through 10 he says earnestly Remember the former things which I did of old. For I am God and there is no one else. I am God and there was none like me. Declaring the end and the result from the beginning. He says, I know the end before you ever get to the beginning. I already knew what you were going to walk through. I already knew all the pain and all the garbage that was going to attack you. He said, I knew every bit of that stuff was going to happen to you. It's the little girl that walked up to me two weeks ago. Or excuse me, last weekend in New York. And she said, can I talk to you? 
And I said, yeah. And I forwarded her testimony because I said, would you write this down? But she said, I-, I was adopted at four years old, but the man that adopted me adopted me so he could molest me. And then all this stuff has happened and, and I've been gang raped and all that other stuff. And this little girl looks at me with a smile on her face and she said, but you know what? God told me one day it's all good. He told me he'd still use me. And we know that God has crazy awesome plans for you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know what I'm doing. I've had it planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you future and your hope. Would you write this down, number three? Most of us are wrapped up in our yesterday. Born and bound. I think of the timeline of certain young people that I run into it. What it must have been like. Think of all the things they got wrapped up in. Started out as a baby. Maybe somewhere along the way they got, they battled aloneness, insecurities. Maybe they could hear mom and dad screaming. Think of the timeline. You know what it's like. We go into school. First thing that happens is we're born. And we put on our diapers. I don't know about you, but I miss the days of just wearing a diaper. What a freedom. Just be able to walk through the house and just let it droop. Miss that. You hold on, you'll get to do it again someday in a nursing home. Okay? Be awesome. They're a little bigger now. They don't quite hold everything in. Teething. See, we don't even think about the things that happened to us when we were a baby. But I can smell marijuana when I'm walking down the streets of New York and it takes me back instantly to my house as a little boy. Because that's what was in our home. I can tell you what crack smells like. It's amazing the things that get a hold of you. The noise, you know, the noise, the family noise, the the addictions, the, the childhood stuff you walk through. Then you go to elementary school and it's, you know, you're you're on the bus and if you had to ride the bus, then then I'm sorry because that is something we should never have to do. And and there's like always a bus bully that's been in sixth grade for thirty years. He owns the back seat. And I think bus drivers wait till you get on to take off. They don't really want you to sit down. They want to see you fly. All the things, you know, I'm just talking about stuff. The adventures as a, as a boy. Or, or maybe it's the, the neighbor that showed you something that his dad gave to him. Stuff you saw on television. The games you played, the insecurities, our life, this is our life. We have family, we've got tragedy, we've got, I remember standing at my great-grandfather's casket crying and I didn't know why I was crying. Those things that just start wrapping around you, the, 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 the divorce, the hurts, the altar calls. There was moments in my life where, where I would have encounters with God and, and I knew He was real and it usually happened on a Sunday night. But we don't want to do those anymore. Then I'd go right back to school the next day. And the 
awkwardness. You're dumb. You're stupid. You're not. And it just starts wrapping around you. You just start getting entangled by things. And then we say, come to youth service. Get free. Because, see, we don't like deliverance in the church because deliverance takes work. I'd rather you say a prayer with me and drink a, a little glass and, and have a wafer and, 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 and do a little communion and tell me you're okay, but don't sit there and walk through your history with me because if you walk through your history with me, at some point, I'm going to have to help you get untangled. And I have to get, if I have to help you get untangled, I'm not going to grow a church if I have a place where people can get undone because that's not supposed to happen because we don't need that anymore. That's old school stuff. We don't need the fire of God anymore to actually come down and rip things off people. Are you serious? I'm preaching about being tangled. I'm preaching about a generation understanding that God can walk up what are you talking about pat and then and then you go and then you go to junior high and that's where it really gets weird because somebody that may have been your friend in elementary may not like you in junior high because you're not quite at their level and they transitioned and they grew in the summer and you didn't and and, and it's that's why i really love the diary of a wimpy kid part two yesterday it was an incredible movie we went and saw you got to go see it it's really cool and and because and it's awkward it's weird you're weird you're popular and you're, you're cool clothes and sports and in church and fears and insecurities and dreams and then you see that first person that catches your eye and 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 immediately an 80s love song comes on in your brain and and uh you know i mean 80s had the greatest love songs okay and and then and then all of a sudden you uh, you, you're exposed to the romance of the opposite sex and maybe somebody did something to you awkward and you start to learn how to cheat all these things. Why are you going through this list? And lust hits your life and you don't understand it. You don't understand this, this crazy energy in your life. And I don't want to be cool and I want to fit in. And, and depression and then invitations in high school. And that's the next level. That's the level where, again, the pack gets smaller and aloneness and fears and social status and groups and sports. And if you're not good at sports, by the time you get to high school, it's done. You, you really can't play anymore. And uh, words and teachers and youth ministry and then prom and the hallway and lunchroom and dark nights and anger and driving and notes and gatherings and graduation and maybe marriage or You ready for ministry? Go get them. But you never had the encounter. I'm preaching tonight about being tangled. I'm preaching about, I'm tired of statistics of people quitting ministry or dropping out after a semester of Bible college or Christian college. I'm tired of losing them because no one was ever willing to walk up to them and say, wait a minute, I know you look like you got the giftings. I know you've got all this going on, but there's a moment in your life where we got to unwrap you. We got to get some things off you. We got to get you through some deliverance. Somebody get a hold of this tonight. Somebody praise my God. Because all you do, if you go into ministry without having this, is you entangle others with you. And you're chained to your pain. 
and you'll grow a youth ministry that looks like you and acts like you and never really gets free. And it will start generations of pain. Are you getting this? I'm talking about the next level of ministry we never talked about. Philippians 3, verse 13 through 14. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own. But one thing I do, it is my aspiration, is to simply forget what lies behind me and strain forward to what lies ahead, pressing towards the goal to win the supreme heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. What is it? What does it mean to forget? I, I did an acrostic when I was writing this message of forget. It mean, to forget means to forgive, refusing to carry the hurt of the past, overcoming the true understanding of what must lose power in our life, repenting, getting rid of it for good, growing, filling the void with more of God, entering into God's presence and transforming, becoming deliberate about growth. It's the place of, of, of forgetting is I'm going to forgive, I'm going to overcome, I'm going to repent, I'm going to grow, I'm going to enter in, I'm going to be transformed. Somebody give God a praise offering. It is that place where you say, I'm letting go of what they did to me back there. Never preached a message like this before. But my past has direct authority over my today. we got too many Uncle Rico Christians. Coach just would have put me in. If people would have just liked me, my pastor wouldn't have left. Oh, I'm almost done. You know what the problem is? I'm tangled and I'm trapped by my own freedom. God gave us freedom. He gave us His will. He loved you enough to let you choose Him. He didn't treat you like a zombie. He didn't treat you like a, mechan- a machine or some robot. He said, you know what? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And this is contrary to the book that was just written. Love wins. No, truth wins. That God says, you know what? I love you enough. That unless you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you cannot enter into heaven. But if you don't want to, that's okay because I love you enough to let you make your own choice. What do you mean? Tangled and trapped by my own freedom. God says, I'm not going to force you to do anything. God gives us a free will. Look at Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 15. But my people have left me to worship the big lie. They've gotten off the track, the old well-worn trail, and now bushwhack through underbrush in a tangle of roots and vines. God says you're wrapped up in all the stuff, all the garbage. Look at Romans 7 verse 11. For sin seizing the opportunity and getting a, a hold on me by taking its incentive from the commandment, beguiled and entrapped and cheated me and using it as a weapon to kill me. Do you understand that God absolutely wants all of you? He says, I'm tired of just getting part of you. I'm tired of just getting your Sundays and Wednesdays. I want a generation that when they walk into a place, I don't care what it says about drinking or what it says about cussing or what it says about dancing or it says any of this other stuff. The fact of the matter is I'm walking by integrity and I'm going to be different from the world. I'm going to stand out. And if they make fun of me, then you're making fun of God because I'm a temple and I'm not a shack. I took the for sale sign down. He bought me with a price. He owns me. God tries to tell you to be careful. During that whole line, during the whole line, He tried to tell you through your whole entangling. He tried to show you. Look what the Scripture says. Look what God's Word says in 1 Corinthians. And I'm, I'm about done right here. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 18. Do you see the difference? Sacrifices offered to idols are offered to nothing. What's the idol but a nothing? Or well, worse than nothing, a minus a demon. I love that. Worse than nothing. God says less than a, a nothing. Less than zero. When you go a little bit farther down, it's a demon. 
I don't want to become a part of something that reduces you to less than yourself. You can't have it both ways. Banqueting the master one day and slumming with the demons the next. I love that verse. It's like the coolest verse. The message Bible is like the coolest. Can't, can't, you, can't be, you can't be banking into the master one day and slumming with some demons the next. Besides, the master won't put up with it. He wants all or nothing. Do you think you can get off with anything less than that? See, your decisions not only created your destiny, but they also create your past. What do you mean, Pat? I believe with all my heart the day is coming and is here now when we can suddenly get free. And it doesn't take 20 years of ministry to suddenly realize we never got free. But there's an awakening. Why? Because God saw me mess up. He's got my story written out. He saw me get entangled with things. He saw me get my heart broken. He saw me at 12 years old take a gun out of my mom's hand. And a chain of anger went around my life at that moment. When I tried to stop her from committing suicide, I actually actually started dying too. See, it's that place where God begins to rip things off of you. He said, I saw that get on you. I saw when somebody told you you were fat. I saw when somebody told you were dumb. I saw when they told you you were worthless or a loser. Are you getting this so far? God says, I can take you back to that moment. I can untangle you. I can begin to free you from all of your fears. He said, I saw you mess up. Look what it says in Proverbs 5 verse 21. It says, mark well that God doesn't miss a move you make. He's aware of every step you take. The shadow of your sin will over take you. You'll find yourself stumbling all over yourself in the dark. Death is the reward of an undisciplined life. Your foolish decision, it traps you in the end. And God is saying, do you understand? I've seen a generation that is running around saying, let me try this. Let me experience this. God is love. He is love. But he wouldn't be love if he wasn't judgment too. I've seen a generation reaping dirty sheets. But God's word says in Jeremiah 3.25, see, we made our bed now, lie in it, all tangled up in the dirty sheets of dishonor. Tangled. All because we sinned against our God, we and our fathers and mothers, from the time we took our first steps, baby, said our first words, we've been rebels, disobeying the very voice of our God. God knew you were heading in the wrong direction. Look what it says in Luke 21, verse 34. Be careful of your hearts. We weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close in on you unexpectedly like a trap tangled. For it will come upon all those who live, who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. What are you talking about? God says, I have plans for you. I can keep you from the traps. It's Proverbs 3, 26. For the Lord shall be your confidence, firm and strong, and she'll keep your foot from being caught in a trap tonight. Uh, how are you going to do this, Pat? Okay, because you've really got me confused now because you're telling me I'm still wrapped up in everything. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Because if you really understand salvation, God's ultimate plan was to take you back to being a child again. What do you mean? Write this down freed to be a child one day i looked at abby and i said abby are you serious quit acting like a child and she goes daddy i am a child freed to be a kid have your parents ever looked at you and said would you please grow up i think that was part of the standard card that my parents read when we got in an argument 
at the end, it would say, grow up. So my whole life, my parents were saying, grow up, Pat. Pat, grow up. Pat, get responsible. There was a few things that happened that caused that. The burning down of an apartment building. Total accident. The wrecking the car while they were out of town. Total accident. I mean, and I was 14. And there's just, there's things that caused them to say that to me. But you know what's crazy? This is kind of jacked up. Because God says stuff like, quit growing up. Be a child. Okay, seriously, mom and dad, you need to pray. You don't know God, because he's like, be a kid. <laughs> and they're like, come here, let me beat you again. But all of a sudden, it's like God saying, Pat, would you quit acting like an adult? He says, grow, grow down, not up. What, what do you mean, huh? Instead of being responsible, why don't you depend on me? God, you're going contrary to what my parents taught me. If you really want to understand, God, he says, be like a child. And God's, the reason why he said this over and over was because he said, I've got to get you back to your Genesis so I can get you to your revelation. I've got to get you back to your beginning. What do you mean? He said, be like a child over and over. He said, be like a child. What did he say? Number one, you got to be born again. So he said, go back to that place of being born again. It says in John 3, 6 through 8, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. So God says, be a kid. Get born all over again. What, what did he say? Look at number, well, what else? He said, come to me as a child. That's what he's telling me. Pat, be, be a child. Mark 10, 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus and have them touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He was ticked off. He was angry. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. God says, number one, if I'm going to do a work in you, you got to be born again. Number two, you've got to be like a child. Because if you'll be like a kid again, if I can get you back to the place where before you got all wrapped up, before all that junk hung on to you, all that stuff started messing with you before you got all tangled up if i can get you back there i'll give you the kingdom i tell you the truth anyone who will not receive the kingdom of god like a child will not enter it god says all you people that are up here in the middle of your stage that are still wrapped in this stuff if you don't become like a child back there if you don't come back to the starting over place the place of being born again the place of saying god i want you the place where you begin to rip everything off and he said and he took the children in his arms and he put his hands on them and he blessed them god says i want you to be a kid again so i can bless you so i can hold you in my arms so i can wrap you up somebody give god a praise offering So he says, have the faith of a child. Be like a child. Look what Matthew 18 says. For an answer Jesus called over a child. The disciples were saying, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? They were always playing these mind games with God. He stood a child in the middle of the room and he said, I'm telling you once and for all that unless you return to square one and start over like the children. Unless you go back. You're not even going to look at the kingdom, let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elemental again, like this child, will rank high in God's kingdom. This doesn't make sense. My whole life. Grow up. 
be mature. And then it even says, look what it says in Matthew. He watches over the children. He said, if you give them a hard time, bullying or taking advantage of their simple trust, you'll soon wish you hadn't. You'd be better off dropping in the middle of the lake with a millstone around your neck. You're not getting this. I, I got to close. Because here's what I'm trying to say to you. When I began to jog that day and God began to speak to me about campus days, he said, Pat, for Isaiah to be able to say, I'm undone. It means that somewhere between the moment he walked into the throne of God and got to the throne of God, he was made new. Something, write that down, be made new. Get to that place. Where you say, God, it's not about who knows me in this room. I've been so wrapped up in life for so long that you begin to say, Lord, would you start me over? Because Isaiah walked in the presence of God and he said, I'm ruined. And I told you that term means to be taken back to the beginning. The place where you say, God, I've tried everything. Nothing's working anymore. Look at Lamentations 3.22. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I got left. And see, in His presence is where life begins. Stand with me across this room. the place where you say, Lord, look what it says in Genesis 20, chapter 2, verse 7. God formed man out of the dirt and the ground and blew into his nostrils and breath of life. We started out way back there with God breathing into us. Somewhere along the way, if we can somehow walk away from our old pat, our old selves. Maybe we'll find God like Isaiah did. Psalm 16, 11. You'll show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. And God's saying, you don't understand. I'm looking for somebody that'll walk past the normal. That'll walk past the place you've always stopped. But I figured it out. Because I've always said, Lord, give me an encounter like Isaiah. Father, take me to heaven like you did Paul, the third heaven. And God says, Pat, here's what I've been waiting on you to do all these years. Because you're reaching for me, but... I need you to get untangled. I need you to let go of the hurt that somebody did to you. I need you to get unwrapped by all the words that have been spoken over you. And all your fears and all the junk that have happened in the 41 years of your life. 
come back to being a child again. And then when you go to him, like a little boy, a little girl, you can just run. Because you got rid of what you were after a bit. That, friends, is called deliverance. That, friends, will make you the most dangerous Christian that's ever lived. Minister, who cares? Who gives a rip about ministry? Ministry is just a part. That's my part-time job that I get to have. My full-time job is, I don't want to walk away from your face. What if we started a ministry school? Not with our students screaming every morning, let me in, God. I want you, God. But them just realizing the door was always open. But your chains were keeping you from going through. They were what was holding you back. See, I got crazy dreams. Alex and I get together. He's the greatest director of the school of ministry I've ever met in my life. But it doesn't feel like Alex sometimes we're like dogs on chains. We're like, all right, God. And if we'll look back at the chain and what it's hung on, we'll realize we haven't yet reached where we're going. Because somewhere along the way, something got on us. Maybe it was a spirit of failure, spirit of fear spirit of hurt. And God's saying, I want to use you, Clint. I'm going to use you. Okay, God. But Clint, you got to be a kid. What? According to what I'm reading about God, heaven's going to be nothing but a children's program. That's all heaven's going to be. You know why? Because kids don't worry about what they're going to eat. They don't worry about if anybody likes them. They don't worry about how they look. They don't worry about if they're going to get paid for doing this thing. So I guess the whole time when God was saying, get untangled, he was trying to scream. Abby tells us, she told us this, and it's kind of crazy. You don't have to believe if you don't want to, but she just out of nowhere said to Karen one day, Mommy, when we got her when she was eight months old from China, go ahead, worship team, go ahead and turn that off. She said, Mommy, when I used to sleep in the orphanage, Jesus used to come see me. He would tell me, Abby, hold on. Your parents are coming. Kingdom, heaven, children, Isaiah, undone, ruined. Take me back to where I started. I figured out the key to the outpouring of God. You got to come in this Totally relying on him. 
not knowing anything. He says, I want you to be a child so I can reshape your mind and teach you the things I wanted you to know. I want to make you a child. Because you know what he even said? The angels talked to him about the children. He said to Simon Peter after Peter's moral failure, Peter, you love me. Feed the sheep. That's not what he said. He said, feed the lambs. So all of you that are desperate to grow up, stop it. Because tonight, God's looking for children in this room. They can cry like a baby. Pick me up, Father. That's who God's going to use in this generation. The children. Untangled. Let's cry out to God. Somebody's life right here in my hand. Of your presence. Usually when one gets free, somebody else, they'll pick your stuff up for you. Pat, you're telling me to be a child? Yeah. Kind of weird, isn't it? Because a child knows the voice of their father. Just come here, baby. Let me hold you. If you want God, raise your hands. There's a bunch of Isaiah's in this room. I want to come to the front, Pat. I want to go cry out to God. Not yet. Not until you're willing break off what you've been wrapped in well but that's not that's not that's what the altar's for I know anybody in this room that's ever felt wrapped up in your history do your arms like this come on failures everybody that's got junk in the history got that stepfather that didn't treat you too good didn't believe in you because Shannon my dear friend of many many years you marine you soldier you warrior you've been in the foxholes with a lot of men that have never grown up God's saying let me unwrap a generation he's so hurt over what you've been through that he even lined the floors with the train trying to show you he conquered everything you've been through he said while you're tangled 
I've already laid out all everything. It's following behind me. He said, my robe has everything following behind me that's been wrapped around you. He said, the reason why I showed Isaiah my robe was to let him know you better get undone, Isaiah, because you ain't got nothing. Because anything that's wrapping you up is already bowed. It's already bowed down. It's that place where God says, well, you, that's why he said, Isaiah, the train of my robe fills the temple and the angels are crying holy. And Isaiah, in the midst of all of it, said, whoa! Would you lift your hands right now and say, whoa! Is me! Whoa, is me! like this if you're desperate for God come to the front right now Would you preach this for campus days? Because there's people in this room that are 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I'd love to have you in our school to help us touch the nations. I'd love for you to go with me to Singapore in October. I'd love for you to go with me to San Francisco in July, and where we just saw an entire church of hundreds slain in the spirit in one service. I'd, I'd, I'd love for you to go with me to Houston or San Antonio this summer. I'd love for you to go with me to Canada and watch thousands of men get rocked. I'd love to see all of that, but I don't need you if you can't say well. It's been a long time since I said Here comes the presence of God. And he's going to land upon you right now. And the Holy Spirit's going to move. Here's what I want you to pray with me. Jesus, will you take me back to the place I quit being a kid? I shut across this room. Here it comes. Here it comes. All of us. Here it comes. All of us. All of us. Say, Jesus, there was so much that was said to me, so many things spoken over my life that were wrong. There were things that were done to me, things that I did wrong, fears, insecurities. Jesus, unwrap.
Say, Jesus, I've been hurt. People have left me. I didn't fit in. I didn't look good enough. Here comes the presence of God. Now it's going to get intense. Jesus, forgive me for growing up. Because while I was growing up, I got wrapped up in all the wrong things. So I'm asking you to take me back to the moment and restore me. Before I didn't like me, before I didn't like you. I want to hear you, Father. Unwrap me. Untangle me. Here it comes. It's going to get stronger. I'm telling you, it's what God's telling me to do. So I'm just going to listen to Him. It's going to be in degrees tonight. Degrees of anointing are going to hit. Now, here's what I'm asking you to do. I've never, ever, 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 ever done this in a service. Start turning in a circle. With your eyes shut. If you can't, just real, real slow so you don't get dizzy. Just Say, undo me, Lord. Every now and then you might have to stop because that's the place it's hard to get that part of the chain off you. I'm doing, I'm, this is the weirdest thing I've ever done. It's what God's telling me to do. Undo me, God, before the divorce. Before I found out I wasn't good at sports. Come on, go in circles. Come on, Jared. I've never, ever done this in an altar call, and I've done thousands of altar calls, but God's telling me to do this. He said, while they're turning, I am unwrapping stuff off of them. And some of you, you're going to feel it because some of it's tied to you so tight. You're going to feel like a chain wrapped around your wrist when it let goes. You're going to feel the blood begin to flow through your body of the Holy Spirit. Say, God, undo me. God, undo me. God, undo me. Untangle me. Come on, tell him. Say, Lord, I want to be free. I'd say it. Say, Lord, untangle me. I have never done an altar call like this. Oh my goodness, we're starting to see you. Look, he's peeling off junior high. He's peeling off high school. He's peeling off mistakes on dates. He's peeling off. He's peeling off. He's peeling off the things that made you feel like a failure. He's peeling off the things that made you feel unloved. He's removing words spoken over you, hurting you. He's removing things. He's even removing the noise from the bedroom of the screaming parents. He's removing the slamming door of the dad that walked out. He's removing the touch that was improper. Say, undo me, God. Almost there, we're almost there. I know I, I've never done this. This is what God told me to do. This is what He undo me, Lord. He said, My train filled the temple, but it doesn't say his train was bunched up or tangled up. God says, I untangle everything. I lay it out so you can see what the enemy has been up to. I show you what he's done, and I've taken him and tied him to my robe. And my house is big enough as a dad to lay everything straight. Oh, hey. 
Uh oh, hold on, hold on. Lift your hands. Take one step further. Go, step forward. Here he comes. He'll scream, Whoa. Cry out to God across this room. Say I'm undone. Tell him, say I'm undone. Say I'm starting over. Make me a child, Lord. I want to run to you, Father. I want to be born again. I want the faith of a child. Because I know I get to be in the kingdom. I know I inherit everything. Jesus. Get my back, 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 